Hey Nomads, Dr. D here. Uh, just reaching out to tell you that there's a certain point in this episode where the wire in the back of my microphone decides it doesn't want to work anymore and you're going to kind of hear it. So don't panic. It's been caught. It will be fixed for the next episode. I'm going to just gonna sound a little choppy, but just remember that I love you guys. So bye. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code professionalcasual at checkout for free domestic shipping or... PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code professionalcasual at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Hey, so stop me if you've heard this one. I was feeling really depressed lately, but thankfully my wife came up and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, Earth. It meant the world to me. Hello, lady and gentlemen. This is your host, D to the D, Dr. D, reaching out through the supervision-free source of Infinity Interfacing. I am joined today by my partner in infinity B to the T, Brady T. How's it going over there in the universe of oppressive... It is what it is. Good, it's good to know, man. All right, so to re- today on Arachne, we will be discussing our first lore and tactics dive episode. We will be discussing one of my favorite parts of Infinity, which is the observance of St. Mary of the Knife. Our Lady of Mercy. Before you get a little carried away, because I know you're excited, we should probably talk about business first. Arachne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up for our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com, Professional Casual Network 1. I have great news, Infinity-ers. We have a new Patreon tier in the Patreon called the Digital Nomad. That's our tier. So if you select that, not only are you going to be able to help the network, but you're going to specifically tell my overlords that they want more Infinity and Infinity's where it's at. And thankfully, we're going to give you everything else that's in the network, even if you sign up for the Infinity one. So if you sign up for the Infinity level Patreon, the Digital Nomad, you will also get access to all of the live play RPG sessions and stuff like that that they hold. It gives you access to pretty much well the entirety of the Discord, and it gives you access to all of the other little weird things that Tim decides to do randomly whenever he decides to do them. That's really awesome. We are also sponsored by Frontline Gaming, and would love if you use the link in the show notes to go purchase tickets to any of their events. Really helps us out, even if they're not Infinity events. And we can never forget our sponsor, Mr. Laser at mrlaser.square.site. In the previous episode, I talked about it a little bit, but I'll mention it again here in case you didn't listen to that one. We finally have a tray that was made by Mr. Laser. He sent it to me. I've been using it for the past couple weeks at my local shop. People love it. I think that there was only been one person 
who didn't actually really like it. They know who they are. Just know I'm judging you very harshly. It is an amazing tray. I will be sh- I will for sure be using this the entire time I play Infinity. It is so useful to help just carry around models that you have to bring on game night, but you don't necessarily want to bring your entire bag. And if I cannot wait for the next event. Hey, yo, uh, Brady T, uh, where do you want you want to talk about some crazy religious fanatical nun ladies with guns? You know, when you put it that way, yes. Yes, I do. So today on Arachne, we're going to be be discussing the Observance. So the Observance is a part of the Bakunin faction, which is a part the Bakunin mothership, which is a part of the Nomad faction. Now, we're not going to there's a, obviously we're going to take a, like a tiny little slice of a very big piece of infinity pie. So just know that when we talk about some of these things, obviously knowing the connotation of the lore may or may not help. And we also might say something that's maybe retconned at some point. Just know that when we record this, because we're going to do some of the profiles, that at this certain point, the profiles and all that are what they are. They could potentially be different. You're listening to this like well past the date that it's published. So just remember that before you send us angry letters. First of all, why are you using a letter to communicate with me? That's weird. You could just, I don't know, like me, but whatever. Obviously, what we're talking about here is we're more interested in the lore itself of Bakunin's observance. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, in order to start, we need to take a tiny bit of a detour into the Nomad faction at large. So the Nomad faction is made of three motherships. There's Bakunin, Corregidor, and Tunguska. Now, I have a friend of mine who he knows who he is, who tells me that the way you pronounce Bakunin, actual like where it's from, because it's actually a Russian philosopher. It was like he was a government theorist. He was a big like anarchist, which makes perfect sense with the ship, the more you know about it. From what I understand, and I could even mispronounce this right now, it's actually pronounced Bakunin is actually how you say it, uh, because it's actually Russian, if anybody was actually kind of curious about that. Now, I don't promise I'm going to pronounce everything correctly because I am, in fact, a doofus. There's a lot of things that are going to go on here that are from like other cultures that is I thought was super fascinating, which is why exactly we're going to do this. So hopefully you find it fascinating. But the mothership Bakunin is essentially where the revolution happened where people wanted to leave Earth, especially when Aleph became a thing. The cool thing about Bakunin is that it doesn't matter who you are, unless you're Aleph or a creepy, and even then you might still, you are essentially allowed to go there. You're allowed to do whatever you want, as long as you aren't bothering other people or you decide to blow. Now, one of these modules is where the observance is located. Who are the observance? Well, hopefully we're going to answer that question today, actually. In Bakunin, perhaps out of the plethora of religions that have been founded or found refuge in Bakun, perhaps none is so uniquely Bakunin as the observance. These guys' main goal is to destroy Aleph in all forms. So let's say that they are well-loved by the rest of the... Did you know all that, Brady? I didn't. Uh, I am a filthy alien, so... This whole journey when you said, hey, we're going to talk about Observance, I got to learn a lot about Nomads and Bakunin. I'm just going to say it wrong because that's that's just me. But I, I really love the the way Infinity takes this was Earth and this is Earth, you know, I, well, I can't remember how many years uh, Infinity, you know, in years of the future it is. So it is a religious faction that specifically in the lore broke out from Catholicism, which is a really interesting, like you can see it in why they have the aesthetic they do and more about like how they interact with Aleph and the, in the world around them. If you want to go in a little bit more detail about that. So from what I understand, and I checked all the websites I could find, I checked human sphere. I checked the forums actually for a lot of this. And I also checked a lot of the RPG books. Now I wasn't, I don't actually remember her name for some reason. I did not write it down, but 
this is the general gist of how they're observing it. So they would reclaim the secret rituals of ancient Greece when men had not yet succumbed in defanging the female aspect of divinity. Their feminine principle would be combative and carry in one hand the unmediated mysticism of archaic Christianity and in other, the mysterious nocturnal liturgies and the crisp vindictive energies of pre-Christian cults. Now, from what I understand, I don't remember her name again. I didn't. There was a specific lady in Greece that when Aleph was created, she was like, nah, this ain't right. We shouldn't, we should not let, this should not be a thing that's so. So she supposedly is actually one of the neural maps that was used in order to create Arachne, which would later, which would essentially become the nomads version of Maya. Now, Maya in a weird way was star, or, I'm sorry, not Maya, Arachne was started by the observance because when they were making it, they needed something to base the framework on. So they actually used Christian saints and martyrs. And for some reason, the observance had their neurological pathways. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if the lore knows how they got those, but whatever they created Arachne based on those pathways. So when you access Arachne, the framework of it is actually based on long dead saints and martyrs from a Christianity, from actual Christianity, from what I understand, but also some of the saints and martyrs that came from the subsect that would create what the observer today. Now, from what I understand, it's called the mercy of St. Mary. It is supposedly that I know of the St. Mary from the Bible. Now, St. Mary was known as fairly merciful in the Bible. And from what I understand, this particular sex idea is that yeah, that's cool, but what if St. Mary was also a psychopath? <laughs> she wanted to kill everybody. What if? That's actually what this is. This religion is based off. From what I understand, if I'm wrong, then please reach out because I'd actually be kind of curious because I think it's super fascinating. Now, these this religious subsect decided to base their new religion on Christian like tenets, but they took out what they didn't want, and then they replaced it with pagan rituals, which is why... There's a lot of blood sacrifice and bloodletting type practices in the observance. That's why they do. So anyway, to continue what I found, it is thought to be a monogendered order due to a hyper-feminist ideology, but males are actually allowed into the order. Males are only allowed to be sin eaters. Sin eaters are expected to atone and purity. That's a weird line. I don't think that's proper. Sin eaters are expected to atone and keep the purity through sacrifice. Through reading what I can, I believe that they are atoning for perceived weaknesses of the order itself and not specifically like the like being a male. So reading into the lore itself, they are the people that absorb what they perceive as like kind of like a mystical sin, sininess, I guess. They perceive accepting all of that sin and then they atone for it through essentially like pain. Reading into the RPG books and I think Human Sphere goes over it a little bit. They also do this for just regular people that they might just meet, not necessarily only people of the observance. That's kind of interesting because the observance perceives Aleph as a existential threat. They don't specifically have they want to get rid of it, but they also realize that there are going to be people caught in like the crossfire. They're very, very, I guess, pragmatic about it. They don't really, they're not going to go out of their way to save you. But if you happen to be in the right place at the right time, they'll pr they'll probably help. And we'll get into the, more of that with the healers specifically. While not technically a cloistered order, they do not proselytize, I think pro proselytize. And new members are put through grueling, difficult trials. The order's roots are steeped in rebellion, radical interpretations of common assumptions, fanatical determination to take to say yeah, to stay true to themselves regardless of cost. Ask your average Bakunin 
Bakunian about the observance, and you're likely to get a shrug. Sure, they're a scary blood cult, but there are dozens of those on Bak, commonly pulled by the moderator core to help with particular anti-terrorism situations, and the Arachne's framework is based on the neurological pathways. The cool thing about like the quick and dirty of what are the observance to, to the ship of Bakunin? They help guard the cyber portion of Bakunin. They're the ones that are there specifically to keep Aleph out. Because if Aleph were to get on the motherships, that would be pretty bad for an entire country. Or I don't even know if you want to call it country, but an entire group of people that are against Aleph's existence. If Aleph were to able to, was just able to just you know camp out on their spaceship, that might not be good for those involved, right? They are specifically there to keep Aleph out and to go out of the ship and to try and damage Arachne or uh, to try and damage Maya's like framework in the world. At least. So you'll definitely notice that. While originally they may have been cre- they may have the original job on Bakun, it might have been to be more of like a defensive role. They definitely take it upon themselves to go out of not there. Now the moderators, again, we're going to kind of take a quick tangent. The moderators of Bakunin are essentially the cops. The people that keep the ship running is called the moderator core. Their whole job is to make sure everybody doesn't kill each other with all these different cultures and religions and very, very commonly diametrically opposed ways of thinking in life. They're there specifically to hold the ship in one piece. They are not just cops, but they're also what you could like. They're also like diplomats of some sort. They're also kind of negotiate. There are a whole bunch of things. So if things get really bad, they tend to ask for additional assistance from either the the observance. It could be from the riot girls, which we'll, we'll talk about another day. And they call upon some of the things that crawl out of the Praxis Labs, similar to like Morlocks and what they call SWAST, which is like their, I guess, like really big boy gun unit. Obviously, since the game has first come out, little things have changed here and there. Bakunin has remained relatively pretty much the same. The observance has changed maybe like oh so slightly, especially the way they look. I know that, Brady, you wanted to about that. Yeah, I mean, I again, I came in uh, to Infinity and N4. So the big Model N release at you know, Adepticon was the new Bakunin box. I'm like, wow, these models are really cool. They're really amazing. I'm going to go see what their previous versions were. And especially when you look at, you know, the Reverend Moria. Maria, Maria, Moira. Those models were who oh boy. Infinity has always been a very anime-inspired uh, lore system and art style. The more modern is that more action nuns with guns and the previous models were they were horny when they were sculpting those models there's no there's no two ways to put it and, and i vastly prefer this more modern interpretation the new release yeah that was the, the, those of those models were like i look what the sculptor did and i go cool i'm painting pants on that i'm not i'm not that horny modeler i'm sorry <laughs> now the cool thing about the observance is that it, it it's perceived as only female but there actually is a man there's still they just released a new version one of the cool things is that when you look at the previous sculpts and you work your way up to today i think as far as like preference like you're saying i think the new style is super cool i really actually dig the like the catholic nun look it's a little strange to go out you know to go to go a killing again in an outfit you know with like the full cloistered nun outfit definitely a lot more practical than not guarding your midriff your uh, your thigh area one of the cool things about the observance and this is just like a quick thing so the, one of the cool things about the observance is that it does embrace a lot of trans Yes, um, one of the specific lines it mentioned is if you're if you're not a sin eater and you're in the observance, you are you are female. There's no ifs ands or buts about that. But it does uh, the line specifically is 
it does not care before and after. If you are if you are an observer, you are you are female surgeries and all these different, you know, we're in the future, all these different things in body modification to all extents are really common. And I think that's a really a, a fun piece of lore that they put in that people uh, people can use and really play around with in like especially in RPG setting. And especially on Bakunin, which it has the practice labs, which is like where body modifications if it happens. It's like if you if you live on the ship where it happens, like how hard would it be? How hard would it be to change your sex multiple times in one? Like, would that be difficult? Probably not. Which that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, I think their exact line was, "It's a routine." You know, it's uh, it's our it is m- the most difficult medical procedure. It's not the most difficult medical procedure to come by. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably easier than turning into a cat, which is another thing nomads are known for. <laughs> especially, especially on Bakunin, uh, which is a whole that's a whole other thing. One of these days, we'll actually talk about the ship. So you got a little bit of the lore. You got a little bit of an overview. Let's start talking profiles. When I I play, I had the privilege of playing Bakunin before the rework that just recently happened at the Adepticon. When you played them before, and this is pure. All of this is going to be my own personal opinion because, from what I understand, Brady's never actually played anything other than Sea Army. I have I have only ever played as Combined Army. I think I played against the old Nomads one time. Which Nomads was it? Bakunin or was it? Just- <laughs> I have right, no idea. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so the, when I played ba- Bakunin previously. And I even went to the very last tournament locally right before I went to Adepticon. So I, I got the last little spill of it right before the news. When I played them before, I attempted to do Reverends a few times. Uh, unfortunately, they were not great. There's been slight reworks. The majority of their issue, I think, was points. And they suffered from the usual Nomad problem of not having especially high BS gunfighters. I think that Nomads get around that very like, factions of options. Moira's suffered from the problem of being maybe they were worth their points. You couldn't afford to bring a whole fire team of just like pure Moira's. The custodian wasn't too bad. The healer, I mean, maybe in a fringe situation was playable. Cassie was pretty okay, but she had a really big problem of not being shock immune, if I remember correctly, which is pretty bad when you have a model that costs 40 points and you get hit by a rift and you melt and you don't even get a chance to bring them back. I'm not going to say that she's a lot tougher now. She is now shock immune, which we're going to get to, but it's not like there's like a huge difference in that regard. What I I will say is that every time I used them, I was always a little disappointed. One of their biggest problems was is that you were playing Bakunin. Bakunin. I'm going to say it wrong in both ways. If you're playing Bakunin, you had access to Riot Girls. And Riot Girls still are an amazing heavy infantry. They're probably one, if not the best, they might be, they're definitely one of the best heavy infantry in the game. If you were ever like, oh, I need to bring a fire team, there really was no argument when you put those two things next to each other because sometimes the Riot Girls were even cheaper and their shooting was better because they also had MSV and blah, blah, blah. I think what the re work that all changes and we're going to go over the profiles here i've played with all of these profiles so i can come at it with at least a little bit of experience am i perfect at this game yes i'm the best player that's ever played infinity in, in the, like the history of the universe so if you have a diverging opinion you're wrong no, i'm just kidding so like i'm not perfect if you have a strategy or something that you notice that tends to work that's awesome i'm not going to say that you're wrong but this is definitely what i have noticed with my own playing and i play with a pretty good group of people they listen to this show i love all of them except one of them and you know who it is and so when i talk about these things at least there's some experience behind it is there anything you want to ask before mr brady oh i was gonna say anyone who has a disagreement don't at me at dr d and any of the discords loudly really blow blow it up uh, i'll amplify it for you just know that there's it's one host's opinion not the second the better host's opinion for any tactical decisions if you agree
three, all of it came from came from my brain, and I told him like, hey, you should you should run it this way. So if I don't play, if I talk about this and I make a single mistake, or one person in the entire universe disagrees with me, I'm just gonna give all my Bakun and stuff to. Yes, please. Uh, I've seen your painting. Yes, please. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. Okay, so let's start with the Reverend Moira's. Now, the cool thing about the lore and all that is that the Reverend Moira is essentially just a. It's like a word for like a field operative for the the actual order. So if you're a if you're essentially like a the Jedi Knight of the Order, you've essentially gone. You have become knighted. You are now a member of the full, like you're a part of the circle. When that happens, you become a Moira. The word Moirai is actually Greek because, and it's also replaceable with Parsi. In Greek mythology, they were Avengers who enforced fate and punished the crimes of men and gods alike. Obviously, since the observance is from Greece, a lot there's going to be a lot of like Greek influence in this. All reverends, if you become a reverend, once you join that inner circle, you have to do something called the seven ritual. What is that? I have absolutely no idea. I could not find any references to it. When you do the Severn rituals, they're going to put a bunch of nails, blessed nails, and they're going to ram them into your back. What does that mean? Also, not entirely sure. Couldn't find anything else about it, but I expect it to be very, very painful. The mar- the nails in their back essentially are what proves your devotion to the order, and that's what puts you like, now you're in, you're in, baby. Welcome. The Reverend Moira. The cool thing about the reverends is that there's a couple rules that go through all of the, all of the profiles. So I'm going to just say a couple of them and then I may not bring it up again. Every single profile that has the word reverend in front of it has armor three. They're all medium infantry except for the Cenobites which are a little bit different. There's still armor three though which I thought was pretty funny and all of the reverend stuff has minus six minimatism except for the demonologist, which actually technically doesn't have the word reverend in it. So I'm still right. Not on, not on a boo-boo. The Moiras are going to be your basic like line trooper. I'm not sure that's a great word for it, but it's essentially going to be, you're probably always going to bring one. And so let's lose stats. They are 4-4. They have CC 19, BS 12, Fizz 12, Whip 13, Armor 3, like I said, 0 BTS, 1 Wound, Silhouette 2, and you could bring five of them. If you bring five of these guys, you're a mad lad and I want to be your best friend and shake your hand would you please come up? Something that I thought was funny when I was looking at the models was back in the day, if you can find the old Swick Moira box, there was a Moira hacker. I don't know when that profile was around. I don't remember ever seeing it. It's funny that there's a hacker profile when the custodian exists. So if you see that model, you're looking at a piece of history. Good for you. The one thing I will say is that they get access to a, they're one of the few models in Bakunin to get access to an HMG. There's only, I think the only other models that get it are Sin Eater and the, the Swast Taskmaster. It's kind of interesting. I think that in my opinion, I think the Moira is really, really good with the HMG. Anytime I've ever brought her, it's always been in a fire team and she's either had the HMG or she's had the sniper rifle because you need that long range. Some of the abilities that make her really interesting. Frenzy in the change for some reason CB when they decide they need to discount a model, they just give it frenzy. Most of the time it doesn't matter because they're in a fire team and if they're not in a fire team, they're probably about to die. So it usually doesn't make a whole lot of a difference, but whatever. They have Mimitism 6, they have number 2, they have Stealth, NCO, and Religious. NCO is going to come up later, but know that it combos very well with the Daemon. Number 2, it has you know, whatever. It's cool if it happens, but most of the time you're not really aiming for it. It's actually semi-clutch if you're doing Panic Room because you get extra point because number two does count for the score. In the team that you bring with her, I always recommend that you bring a Custodier with HD Plus because this gives you access to white noise, which is a great response for your team if you do 
have an ARO piece that has an MSV2, kind of like a Varuna defensive bunker team. What I like to do is have just have all the tools available to me. You got a five man Moira core. Well, I'll tell you my favorite team when we get a little bit later on. You have the custodian in there just in case the other person has a H an MSV model, and then you can just sneak your way up the board. As a completely inexperienced player, what do you think of Moira's? They they seem really interesting. They kind of seem a little bit like Onyx Contacts Unidrone, where it is a model that when you look at it on paper, it's like, oh, those stats aren't that impressive for the points it's going to cost you. But once you're like, I will take this in a squad of five, you know, or I'm assuming your fire teams have options to keep it pure and add the Custoder in and, and stuff and such like that, then it becomes really scary. That multi-sniper rifle at RHMG becomes really, really scary. But uh, I would assume, like you said, if one of these are on their own, if they broke off from the fire team, I'm not super afraid of them. So it seems like a strategy against them is pick them off the fire team and you as the player have to be really careful to keep those fire teams alive. You run into the usual problem of nomads that you have one wound fragile models. Your mimetism is is life and death. If you sur- you survive off of your... If you put them in direct line of fire of a direct template, you're about to lose a Moira because you only have armor three. You're not getting cover. So you're just praying that that armor three saves you. And if they're that close to you, you usually don't have a great weapon in response. A lot of them have zappers, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one that causes isolation, which could save you in a clutch moment, but you got to survive getting hit. Yeah, that, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume the zapper is going to save me in that situation. I do like your inclusion of white noise. That is one where if your army is relying on multi, or on mimetism, one dude with a multi-spectral visor just starts picking you out. It'll, again, it won't be useful all the time, but it really will negate their best piece to taking out that right, uh, not the right girl, but taking out your, uh, your, and having just that option creates questions that your opponent has to answer. Sometimes just the threat of it being there is great. Obviously, I like to have the hacking device plus just in case there's also a tag. I really love custodiers. We'll talk about them. Okay, so next profile, the Reverend Healer. For some reason, they like to put it in their lore, but they don't just put it on the title of the troop. The full title is called the Reverend Healer Killer. The true purpose of these women is to heal the sphere of the evil within by, by extracting it all together. The observants see it as their duty as representatives of Our Lady of Mercy to create a core of adepts trained in field medicine to help those innocents caught in the crossfire of the battle against the Great Ease Aleph. If you get caught in a gunfight and you just happen to be an innocent bystander, if there's a healer, which there probably is, if you get if clipped by a bullet, they'll do their best to save you. Something I learned in doctor school, because I actually am a real doctor for some reason. Don't people think I lie when I say I'm Dr. D for some reason? I get people asking me about it all the time. One of the very first things that we learned in order to help people, in order to learn how to fix somebody, you must learn how to break them. These chicks are psychopaths as well. They are super, super, they're not like doctors in that they're like, oh, we like to save people. They're doctors in that they are trained assassins who know how to kill you in every way possible, but they also were trained in how to fix you. Just in case they didn't, just in case they hit the wrong artery on an innocent person. Does that make sense? Well, again, if you know how to kill someone in theory, you're like, oh, well, if I slit your throat, in theory, if I close that slit back up, you won't die. So it makes perfect sense. The best assassins are the best doctors. So we know what you moonlight. We know what you moonlight and do. When I mo- I am moon knight when I'm. When you look at this profile, they have a higher CC at 22, they have a higher whip at 14, and they have a BTS score of three. They gain the doctor skill and they also gain a plus one burst medikit. That's fun. So if you're in a team, they do have a burst three medikit, which is it can potentially be very useful. My own tactics for them aside, I actually am not a huge fan of Reverend Healers. I liked them before. Oh, and I should say that one of the things that did change is that they became min six. They used to be min three before the change, the redo. 
So if you never noticed that before, they all all of the reverends are now just minus six minutes. They used to have an explosive CC weapon. Ironically enough, there's a way you can still get that. And we'll talk about that next. But they changed it with a shock CC weapon. I'm very sad about that because I think shock CC weapons are butts compared to a, like any other option. It's like just it's like I'd rather have a regular CC weapon than a shock weapon in case you got to do something like extreme prejudice or something. The shock CC weapon only kind of gets in the way, at least in my own personal opinion. Is it going to come close? sometimes i mean sure i mean there's always you know every dog has its day but i actually really dislike shock cc weapons one thing i will say about this whole situation is that i will probably never use the reverend healer profile unless i have some extraneous situation because of the fact that agatha exists have you ever you've never actually seen a healer before have you Brady. Uh, I've gone out to my backyard and dug up a worm, and he was, and he's great. He's got a PhD just like you do. Wow, uh, Doctor Doctor Worm, Doctor Worm is my only doctor. Uh, so no, I have, I, I bet I'm on the receiving end of some hawk Islam doctoring, but I haven't seen any of the nomad um, nomad doctoring. So speaking of alternate forms of doctoring, let's look at uh, Mother Agatha. So Mother Healer Agatha Wabara. Does Mother Healer mean that she's essentially the person in charge of that sect of the of the observance? I don't know. I would assume if she's not the leadership in that area, then she's probably pretty close. She's at least the highest you're going to get in the game for now. I absolutely love Agatha. Love, 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 love. I call her Muscle Mommy Swagatha. I'm just the biggest fan of her. I love her sculpt. I love her stats. I love the idea of her. There is no lore for her, unfortunately. I I checked as hard as I could. There's literally nothing on her other than that she's a very large African-American looking woman with dreads who will smash you with a hand. Okay, so yeah, the lore lore is going in everyone else's head and we're not allowed to talk about it on this rating of a podcast. Correct. Now, I'm going to make my own lore for her right here. She's she's my favorite She's my favorite girl, okay? So, so like, if you ever see me with, like, a little heart pendant around my neck, and it's going to open up, and it's going to be... She she is bae. I love, I love Swagatha. What makes Swagatha so good? Good question, Brady. So, general stats of her, she's 4-4. She's, she's CC 22. She goes up 1 BS for 13. She gets 6 BTS, and pretty much she's... Pretty similar in that regard. She has a plus one burst medikit, just like regular healers. She has frenzy for smashing. She's got martial arts level two. She has an increased inch on her dodge. She has immunity to shock. She has doctor plus three. That doesn't that look familiar for rock players? She's got stealth. She has no wound in cap, and she has religious troop. She has two different profiles. Literally one point difference if you decide to take the breaker combi. I love both options. I absolutely adore both options. I think they both have play. I usually pick the Vulcan just because I really love continuing damage shotgun. Really, really good. I think secretly the breaker is probably better because if she's in it, if she's a solo piece, I probably would say make sure you give her the breaker just so she can run off and have at least a little bit of range because that profile also comes with a pulsar which for your closer range type stuff. And the ability to do like spot BTS damage, especially with a breaker, is pretty good. Breakers, even against things with like actual BTS saves, BTS helps, you know, because that's essentially AP. I really like breaker. I love, I love Vulcans even more because I mean, with the plus six, if you're close enough, you're going to just lay waste. She runs into the usual problem of, again, being a nomad character in that she has one wound model with min six you don't really want her to get close if you're trying to use a shotgun you're also within templating and i think 
you really don't want her there unless you're going in for the bonking with her hammer, which is ex- so you go in there and you smash them real good with the hammer, or I think you should probably be shooting them with the breaker. I don't know. I could see it go either way. It's only a point difference. What do you think? CB does this thing. Uh, I've seen it in a few other factions at this point. Like you know, trying to trying to learn a bit more of the game. You have a generic profile, you know, so you have your uh, your healers, and then you have the name healer. And for a very small handful of points, you get just so much good stuff like extra good stuff if nothing else just your stats improve so much yeah i could see why you'd say you would never look at a healer just because if you really desperately needed the you know five ish points well you probably could find like you'd probably want to restructure the list instead of really downgrading unless you just absolutely had to everything you just said yeah she's a she's a beast the only thing i could probably i would ask you for fire teams is she able to go into the same fire teams does she count the same way as a healer you're giving me that nod so yeah then i i don't see any reason why you would why you would take a just generic healer you know dami mommy who's gonna smash you with a hammer to make it even like more of an insult she is a reverend for reverend fire teams she's also an observant for the observant fire team so she makes both of them pure if you want it's disgusting yeah so when you look at her stats you're like oh okay she's like a healer except she just has better stats and you pay like five to six points more it's like what It's like, I, I either expect healers to get cheaper or she's going to go up at some point. Before that happens, I'm going to be using her as much as possible. When they increase her cost, I'm still going to use her because I love her. And you got, you got to, you just got to play what you love. You got, you got to play what you love. Sure do. If we look at a reverend who isn't so interested and the intric, the intricities of a human body, and you look at the intricities of a machine, you have the reverend custodiers. Now the reverend custodiers are the cyber warfare branch of the observance. These people are very important, or these ladies, I should say, these ladies are very important because they're the ones that are essentially trained to specifically fight Aleph in the digital world and in the physical world. To the reverends, cyber warfare. Warfare is not restricted to cyber. It is restricted to literally anything you can do to destroy Aleph's ability to function. Does that does that mean going getting into a spaceship, getting in flying to a planet, driving in a truck all the way to some place that has like a network node in it, and then you break in with a shotgun? That's cyber warfare at its finest, baby. And they love doing it. Now they said that this branch of the order is usually filled with the youngest members of the order because they usually don't survive because they're too busy getting into spaceships, getting flying to planets, getting in trucks, breaking into a node with a shotgun, and starting to shoot they don't always make it it's it's um, you, you hate to see it do you do you really hate to see it and one of the thing i really like about that aspect is it would some some people may go oh we we hate alif we're gonna have no hacking no technology we're gonna go you know full the other way and it's like no you, you still have to get into that network a little bit to to break the machines in every single possible way so i really do like this this unit as an option to from a lore perspective and just you know quickly reading its stats you're probably gonna tell me it's it's fairly decent i mean it's for the points and the willpower alone looks fairly decent from what I'm seeing. I really, really enjoy Custodiers. Most of my lists have at least one. I've yet to push into two just because they are a little pricey. I can see an argument for that. Obviously, let's get into it. CC14, don't get them into melee. BS12, they're okay, depending on the gun you give them. Fizz11, eh, they don't work out very often. Whip14 is obviously great. Armor3, BTS3. BTS3, I kind of wish was six, but it's fine. It's whatever, it's fine. The profiles are super neat because you can get a hacking device that is better at carbonating you can get hacking device plus or you can the new profile which they put into the rework you can get a killer hacking device which is funnily enough something that bakunin does not have a whole lot of i should upfront it now the only profiles in all of bakunin who have it 
are the custodier, the zero, the prowler, and the new parachute initiate, which we'll get to in a second. So there's not really a whole lot of access to killer hacking device. Something you could always do. I haven't had a chance to really try it. I have not tried the killer hacking device profile for the custodier yet either. I could see that maybe being the one you put into a fire team and advance up and maybe you have like a second custodier hanging out, whatever. It kind of just kind of depends on what you're after. If, if you have the killer hacking device or the hacking device, you can impersonate. Now, if you have the wherewithal, maybe you're playing decap. I could see it kind of be using in decap. You can use the hacking device plus on the lieutenant profile and you can use the lieutenant order to impersonate. That is something that I know Tunguska players tend to do with their interventors. You can do the same thing with custodiers. All of their profiles have either a boarding shotgun, which is the one with the hacking device plus, or you can get a combi rifle with a pitcher. I absolutely adore boarding shotguns. I try desperately to use it, but I find that being in a link and just being able to shoot up pitchers when you need them and when you desperately need to hack something is just way too clutch to not use. I know as someone who plays Sea Army with Bit and Kiss, I know you that you are brutally addicted to pitchers. I I think pitchers are just such a powerful, if you're going to bring any amount of hacking, having the ability to, again, sit behind, you know, three rooftops away and that tag can't cross the midfield. It's like, oh, uh, if you move, I'm going to, I'm going to hack you. And every time the tag moves, it's like, uh, do I reset? Do I just hope I take the armor save and not get isolated? I, I personally, that was, if I look, look, look at this profile, I could never see myself taking the boarding shotgun because I'm addicted to pitchers. I, I see why it's good, but I am addicted to pitchers. And unfortunately, boarding shotguns, I really, obviously you really like the burst two damage 14 template. But again, you are a one wound model in nomads and you're surviving off of your minus six mimetism. If you are that close, you are also going to get templated and, you, and then you're going to lose your very expensive pretty late in a row. Next profile, the Sin Eater Observance. Now the Sin Eaters are the males of the order. Specifically speaking, Sin Eaters can never get into a leadership role with the Observance because they don't trust them, whatever. Their whole job in the lore is essentially to be the moral high ground, I guess, for the church in that if any if somebody feels sad about killing a family of innocent people or whatever, the Sin Eater will be like, nah, you good, I'll pay for your crimes. I'm the bad person here. And the Nails, because they also get the Nails when they become a part of the Sin Eater part of the organization, their Nails specifically shock them and inflict monumental levels of pain. Now, supposedly, on the back of every Sin Eater is a scarred, gnarled, just mess of damage that they've inflicted upon themselves because they want to atone for the church. And they say that sometimes Sometimes people see patterns in the scars, but who knows? I've never met a sin eater, but maybe one day I will. Well, and that's um, that like that concept of self-flagellation and kind of forgiving of the, like you know the, the path to heaven is is through self-pain and you know living is is torture is a catholic is a you know an old more uh christian ideal obviously it's been phased out to to a large degree but it, it makes sense that they would pick that part up and and do it the exact way you're talking about which is that i'm going to i'm going to take that sin upon myself i really like that i also really like their you know to kind of bring it back to the the profiles i really like their it, it kind of comes to like hey we have all these people who are tricksy and maybe want to live we want them to live and they're like hey big dude go here Here's a big gun. Go. I don't give a shit if you come back or not. Is like that feeling I get and probably how you'd use them, but I could be completely mistaken on this one. Well, let's go over it real quick. So the Sin Eater Observant, Medium Infantry, CC 14, BS 13, Fizz 11, Whip 13, Armor 3, One Wound. They, it's 
They're an interesting profile, I think. So their big thing is that they have neurocinetics. Now, neurocinetics is that you get TR in the reactive phase, but when you go active, you only get one burst. The lore for that reason, I have absolutely zero idea. In the lore itself, they specifically state that as Moira's go up and blow stuff up and run into the building, the Sin Eater specifically stands behind and guards the person as they're in there doing their business inside the building. I think as far as like the lore becomes, being a part of like the game i think that that's covered pretty clearly here i think that's clearly something that they're going to do is probably stand behind and just kind of guard the fire lanes that the moiras and all that stuff are going to go running up i doubt you're going to move your sin eaters very much the fact that they are bs13 as a tr bot thing i think is actually pretty good they also have minimatism three so they're not too bad in that air roll arrow roll they get access to a heavy machine gun a multi-sniper rifle and a mark 12 and they got a new profile in the update which is they gain a marksman profile with the sniper rifle i think that is the one i think that's that is the that is the profile i think that'll win most of the time an hmg while pretty good if you get within their close-up range they're probably going to have a lot of trouble not dying in the process i don't know i've always tried to use them i think they have game every single time i'm like ooh, i could probably put a sin eater in here i'm like oh i forgot the fifth member of a fire team or or oh i need another specialist or ooh, it's like the 16th model in your 15th model list i'm always like right on the edge of trying to bring one but then every single time i'm like i'd rather have this other thing and i have other ways of getting soft arrows while i'm sure there are certain games where a senior could really go off and just destroy everything in front of him i just think that he doesn't have enough difficulty to remove where he warrants making sure you always bring him does that make sense yeah that make that makes a lot of sense looking at the profile probably the only thing you know from a like a lore perspective when you talk about all that i was i was actually really expecting to not see immunity to shock but to see no wound incapacitation it's like no these people like flagellate themselves on the regular you stab them through the stomach and they go eh, and then they stab you and then they die uh it makes sense that they're that they're shock immune but i it would have been really cool to see something like a no wound incapacitation on on these models i completely agree with you i think if they had nwi like would they be too much like like maybe because like when you take into account like a tr bot tr bots usually run around a similar cost or i think they're a little cheaper than sin eaters they don't have mimetism unless you play the dirty army you play like i could see i could see it go both ways i I agree with you i think nwi makes a lot of sense most of the time if you look at the characters that are made in the rpg they are always huge muscular men that get shot and they're just kind of like yeah that's cool bro i don't really mind it so much i love pain hey mommy are you okay I'd be kind of curious to see if NWI would make a huge difference and make them a lot more like included. I've been playing this game for as long as I have, and I I am the only person that has ever... I've only ever seen me take a Sin Eater, to put that into perspective. I love their models, which is sad, because I really, really love their model. But you just don't see them, and it makes me kind of sad. All right. Reverend Superior Cassandra Kusanagi. Girl's been around for a long time. She's been around since I started playing an N2, at least. And she currently has four sculpts. She's one of those models that consistently gets new sculpts as they go. She's been around a long time. The veteran Superior Cassandra Kusanagi has 35 years as an active Reverend Moira. Her youthful appearance is due to anti-agathic, anti-agathic and physical improvement treatments with biosynthetic implants. Her pre- 
presence in combat terrifies and her outbreaks of religious fury cause those around her to shiver. Kusanagi is not like any other dangerous and independent individual you may have known or imagined. She is, in fact, much worse. That's kind of interesting. When you look at her model, she looks like she's 18. She's, in fact, probably pushing like 50, if I had to guess. Because you figure if she's been an observant for 35 years alone, how old was she when she first joined? Probably around 20, if I had to take a guess. So she's either late 40s or she's in her 50. Look, girl looks good for her age, and her eyes clearly haven't uh, deteriorated at all because she is a master. She's CC 33, BS 14, Fizz 12, Whip 14, Armor 3, one wound, two silhouette. You can only bring one of her, who'd have thought? You have two choices of profile. You can either bring her multi-rifle with the new E&M grenade launcher that used to be a flamethrower, if I remember correctly. Now it is an E&M grenade launcher because of the new model that came out while at Adepticon. I think it's a super cool inclusion. You can also make her, her your lieutenant. If you choose the lieutenant with the multi-rifle profile, you will get plus one swick personal experience here i've never really had a need for more than six swick with bakunin so unless you're going heavy heavy guns you probably won't take that profile all the time i think it's super interesting and opens up some list building but i've personally never really messed with it and again i think there are better lieutenant options i'm not a huge fan of hot lieutenants unless it's a specific scenario like again like a decap or something where you just want her to go forward because you know you're probably going to lose your lieutenant no matter what so you just in my opinion i'd say just run them forward spend the orders and murder and hopefully they survive maybe maybe not that's probably the only time I'd bring that. I almost always bring the Spitfire one. I have tried to use the multi-rifle profile with the Enam grenade launcher. I ended up usually just missing the Spitfire because who doesn't want a burst five BS-14 with minus six mimetism Cassandra in a fire team just blasting away? Yeah, looking at that profile, the Spitfire is definitely what you know, draws me in general. Probably the only thing that I'm really surprised about looking at this profile, and you can tell me if it was different in the past, her close combat is, like, I was expecting to see a martial arts or natural born warrior or, or, or something, where it's like, oh, I'm just a C- CC-19. It's like, oh. It's very misleading, too, because her new model has her swinging a sword, so you're like, oh, she must be a really good fight. No, she's not. She. Yeah, no, I have the, I have the, the really nice, you know, special Adepticon model, and, like, when, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a really great... Oh, no, she gets into close combat against a lot of things things they're just gonna backhand her and be like no go go sit in the corner you're not a close combat specialist yeah if her and agatha were to get into like an arm wrestling contest i think agatha would just rip her arm right out yeah <laughs> and again a shock cc weapon the in the insult the insult how dare they yeah i agree she do not want Cassie up close. I don't know what else to say. She also has a zapper. I forgot to mention that, but hey, zapper, that's our zapper. That's cool. She does have NWI. She used to not have shock immune, which was hilarious because sometimes she would just get hit by like a red fury randomly and then she would just die. Sweet. I think I mentioned that before, but hey, repetitive, repeating myself uh, infor- reinforces. Cenobites. So we're getting into some of the new profiles. Cenobites are the new heavy infantry unit that came out with the new Bakunin box. Their lore, they actually had some lore on the website I Copied it and I will read it right now. Defending the Tele Telesterion is the ultimate person and raison d'etre of the Reverend Cenobites. They are the heart of the observance. Cenobites don't allow themselves to behold any beauty other than the inside of their Cenobi. So they've all been implemented with a vision filter that activates the moment they leave their conventional module. So they're actually not allowed to look at the world anymore, which I believe is that dome helmet thing that they put on their heads. Because if you look at the model, you can see the bottom part of their like chin and jaw. And then they have this like and then they have the helmet. I assume that's what a Cenobi is. I've, I've never seen that word in my entire life. 
I have no idea. Are you are you trying to say Cenobite? No. Well, the, the unit is called the Cenobite, but the Cenobi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I have never seen that word. I'm like, I've seen I've seen Hellraiser. <laughs> That's why I know that Which word. Which I was just about to say, Cenobites are the pain seeking. Uh, like demons or whatever it is that they are from another dimension or hell or wherever they're from where they come in and they like to be around pain. I don't necessarily think that that's what's going on with the Cenobites. I don't think I've ever heard of the Telesterion before. Maybe we'll get some more about that. That must be the module that is on Bakunin. Like maybe that's what they call their little church. I actually don't know. So if you know, Give me a heads up, but that's new lore as far as I'm aware. The profile is awesome. They're 6-2 because they're heavy infantry. They're CC2, BS11, Fizz13, Whip13, Armor3, BTS3. Two wounds because they're heavy infantry, and you can bring three of them. More on that later. They have Impetuous. They have Martial Arts Level 3. They're immune to Shock. They have Mimetism, minus 6, and of course, they're religious. They have four profiles. I'm just going to kind of cut this short. Two of them are good. The other two, I don't know why they exist. The top one and the bottom one, the plus one burst chain rifle plus one burst heavy pistol profile for 21 points is disgusting and then the heavy rocket launcher light shotgun profile for 27 points and 1.5 swick also disgusting just absolutely disgusting what do you think Brit? chain rifles make me sad because i don't have easy access to chain rifles and someone walks up and goes here's a chain rifle and like kills a ton of your stuff and you're like oh well that was expensive right and they're like eh, it's 21 points like it's not that expensive whatever your aro is may not have even killed it yeah that's um at min six like when i put like a knock defer and it's like oh well this guy's gonna like hold down an entire area and there's like chain rifle and you're just like oh, oh. well i sorry uh I'll, I'll take that i'll take that expensive model off the board i'm i'm sorry for insulting you um um, that would, I, I agree with you. Those are the two profiles I would look at. Like the heavy rocket launcher also has a lot of interesting play really depending on what you're, you know, I, I assume the chain rifle is good in nomads. I assume, you know, that is, you don't have an abundance of chain rifles coming out of everywhere. Uh, um, it seems like a profile that fits a, you know, you push it up and you can do some serious damage. For sure. Something that I have tried to do, it's very, very opponent depending. I have used the heavy rocket launcher Cenobite in a five-man pure team as an arrow piece. Usually I just put him down like a single lane where he's not going to get picked off too much. But the minus six min, if the other person doesn't have visors, what a pain in the butt to get rid of. They don't have a great BS, but the two wounds thing, including, and they could take cover while they're in a team. So that's minus nine to shoot at them if the other person doesn't have anything helping them, while also having the opportunity to get blown up by a rocket launcher. Pretty clutch at times. Let's just say that. I'm a fan of it. I really like both of those profiles. If you take the, if you take the light shotgun one, please get in touch with me. I'll buy your Bakunin box because don't do that. All right. The Stigmata of the Observance. This is a new tag. It comes out pretty soon. It's actually not out yet as of this recording. I believe it comes out next month. It is the first tag that is, in fact, a hacker. Not only is it a hacker, it's got upgraded Carbonite damage at plus two. Carbonite is awesome. You can freeze up anything that is a heavy infantry or a tag. It can be super clutch at times. No lore for this one. It has a weird head. The head itself on the model makes me really think it's like maybe Sea Army com- influenced? Maybe? But it's definitely got a weird head. I think it's super cool looking. I know some people aren't huge fans. Poopoo on those people. I really, really love it. There's only one profile. It's got plus one burst heavy flamethrower and a plus one burst heavy rocket launcher and an EMCC weapon. I adore EMCC weapons for obvious reasons. I have tried to use it a couple times. I've been sad every time. It does have a fire team option where you can have an orphan in the group and you can have an orphan engineer. That's probably the way you do it because it can only be a duo. I really like the opportunity that seems to present. I have not had an opportunity for it to work. I I like a lot of things that I see. I think what you just described 
makes sense because it is a profile that's like, wow, it can do so many things, which means it doesn't do one thing really well. And so you're going to struggle in a lot of those situations. And probably its biggest problem is it is a, a tag that has no real good reach out and touch you. It has to actually get within those heavy flamethrower. Uh, I mean, it does have the rocket launcher with, with the plus one burst, which is nice, but it's not going to win a lot of fights, one-on-one fights with other tags. It will it will stop the infantry from walking up and being like, haha, I get you in melee. So no, I, I kill you now. But it does seem to be suffering a little bit from the, I do a lot of things well, but not one thing well enough to justify my points cost. Or, or, or justifying a spot where, you know, how are you going to build a list around it? It has to kind of be a list that really is like this like water list, you know, that like ebbs forward with some hacking and then ebbs back and uses the flamethrowers defensively. And that's a really difficult list to build with a tag where like a tag, you're like, okay, here's my big heavy machine gun tag that anchors my list fo- and anchors me forward or you use a sphinx and you're just like oh where, where's half your list and it's like don't worry about it it's 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 showing up don't worry about it it'll be here soon uh, but this one kind of isn't that weird middle ground and you have to play around it weirdly i think my general issue with it is that every time i've brought it since you're paying for the tag i might be bringing other stuff hoping to do too much with the list i think that the sigmata really needs support i think the initiate is the perfect thing to bring with it because you can get that midfield repeater network set up but i find that i either in my usual list i'm either bringing the sigmata or i'm bringing a moderator hacker and a custodian because they roughly equals about the same amount of points i think the custodian thing probably is a little cheaper i have two hackers and i have a hacking device plus and it's obviously a lot easier to hide than it generally speaking that's what i found i don't think the sigmata is bad i've just not had much luck with it if you have a good list and you're rocking with it i wouldn't be surprised and power to the next one the daemonologist observant this model is not out yet it just got a profile with the rework it is a brand new unit it totally reminds me of my very favorite profile in the entire game which is the o12 alpha just wait until i talk about my love for o12 you'll hear my love for the alpha and the one of all time so it has cc 20 bs 11 fizz 13 whip 14 armor 3 bts 3 and profile 4 which is the really big fat uh, rem base that is like oddly short. I think it's going to be shorter than the actual like models on it, but whatever. It's really hard to hide. Thankfully, you have decoy, so you got to hide two of these things unless you really want an obvious like based on who it is. You bring this model because you want it to be your lieutenant. The cool part about it, in my opinion, and the only reason I would bring it is that it has a lieutenant plus one order. So if you have a model with NCO, kind of like the Moira, you're going to get a bunch of extra orders out of this guy existing. He is one of the very few models in the game that has counterintelligence covered because of that. I love counterintelligence. It's super clutch if you're going first. And it's also private information. Some people probably won't know that this has counterintelligence, unlike the Alpha, the mastermind guy in in Yu Ching or the puppet master. Some people may not know that it has counterintelligence. Technically, it has a biometric visor, so you're slightly less likely to get murdered by an impersonator model because you would surprise attack and stuff like that for it. And you also have him discovering it. And he's got a Vulcan shotgun. So with that and the fact that he has guard because he has this like demon robot thing on his base, there's a there's a chance that you're not going to get murdered by something that decides to come around the corner and kill your lieutenant because they probably know it's a lieutenant. I like him. I really, really do. I think he's a good price for what you get. See, I think you really buried the lead. The best part about this model is the little demon thing it gets. The combined army of me, I'm like, ah, I like, oh, do I really want this model? Well, I want that guard model because that model's fucking awesome and I really want to use it for something. So the next new profile is the Initiated Observance. This is another new profile I absolutely adore 
for them. They are, in fact, a medium infantry. Go go to go to Shock Town. Do not pass go. They are CC 18, BS 12, Fizz 11, Whip 13, Armor 2. These guys are a very interesting piece because you can either take it as an infiltrating one-use camouflage or you can bring it as a parachutist. This is the other profile that has the hacking, the killer hacking device with a boarding shotgun and decharges. Kind of a clutch specialist unit that I think a lot of scenarios are really, really going to like. I think the biggest weakness of the initiated is that you can only bring two of these and I want like seven of them so that I can have a bunch of them in the midfield. They have minimatism, which is awesome, like skirmisher in a way. They only have close range weapons. The mine laying deployable repeater profile, you are going to see that. You're going to see it all the time. If the other person is playing Bakunin, they probably have at least one of these things. Having a turn zero midfield setup network is incredibly useful, especially for a nomad. You will see. They have a submachine gun, which has AP on it. So you can, I've done some like spot removals with these guys where they pop out of weird angles because I put them on top of buildings or whatever to peter down. And then they just kind of go hunting for night. What do you think of this profile, sir? I love everything about this profile. I think the only profile I wouldn't like seriously consider would be the killer hacking device parachutist. Mostly just because it feels like you probably can get a killer hacking device somewhere else and you're paying a little bit extra for your parachutist to have a hacking device which i usually want to use with someone across the board like face down in the dirt yeah i like you said i would be amazed if you know every list doesn't start with one of those mine layers maybe if they maybe if they really wanted the parachutist but i i think all of them are going to start with that that mine layer submachine gun and just kind of go from there maybe they'll take the boarding shotgun if they have no other hacking and they really don't need peter but i believe the the, the repeater will start in the camouflage state as well so you kind of can like hide no that one that one doesn't okay yeah, so you can't you can't hide yourself that way, which is disappointing. So yeah, I could see someone taking a boarding shotgun if they have no other hacking. Every list will start with I this, think I feel like. To counter what you're saying, I get what you're saying. In a, in a faction where maybe you have access to great killer hackers, that may not be the case. Like I was saying earlier, not a lot of great killing killer hacker devices in Bakunin. In Nomads, probably not a problem, but I think this profile is very is specific to Bakunin. So I don't think you can get this in vanilla nomads. The only other source of killer hacking device is in my, the ones the only ones i would even consider are the prowler who has like super clutch bs6 for some reason and the custodian those are the only two other ones you take and they're both pushing okay that that makes a lot more sense why you'd why you'd want that parachutist yes uh, i run into the combined army especially onyx contact you usually your cheapest profile is a killer hacker so my list i'm like oh i need to actually start getting rid of i have too many killer hackers why can't i hold all these killer hacking first, devices first world problems i really really like her you're definitely going to see if you're if you like to run missile bot lists and you want to try it in Bakunin, I think you definitely need probably two of these with the repeaters and just a bunch of like good moderator hackers and maybe a custodier just to make sure that your spotlights and stuff like that go off. Next one, Pentient Observance. Pentience is Pentient is usually a word indicating that you did something wrong and that you need to be punished. So I did actually find lore for these ladies. In the observance, all those who have failed in their duty or in their devotion and commitment to the Holy Virgin St. Mary of the Knife or to the observance and its mission must become a metanon or a pentient in order to cleanse their transgressions. So if you do something bad and they got to give you the, the bonking for being a bad girl, they put you in what appears to be the Cenobite armor and then they strap you to the front of something that's very, it's actually one of the very few things I think is very 40k 
inspired, which is like this labor suit with this comically large sword, which I like even with how stupid it looks. It's kind of just kind of is what it, it is, what it is. And this model's not good in melee, but it does give you access to an AP Spitfire. And man, oh man, do I love AP Spitfires on a model with min three. Gross. BS 13, Fizz 13, Whip 13, Armor 5, BTS 3, Two Wounds, Silhouette 5. Now, this is the one that was made out of Siocast in the new box. I have built and painted. I like it. Um... Yeah, this this one is probably the most 40k inspired, you know, with the the baby carrier it being basically a, a Pentanin engine from Sisters of Battle. Something that I'll probably mention at the end is obviously nuns with guns. There's only so many different ways you're going to do nuns with guns, but this is a really good twist on it, especially because I was expecting to see that profile from the lore of it being really bad and it's like oh no we're we're setting them out there to die. It's like no, they're giving them a really good fighting chance with all the different weapons, some decent armor points feel good. It's a little expensive, but it feels pretty good for what you're getting. I like what I bring. Probably Spitfire that is linkable, not personal. She can be put link team fairly easy. She can't be put in a reverend team if she could. I think actually my, I've used her once or twelve other times. It was against Steel Phalanx, so she didn't really do a whole lot. I think that there's some here. I don't know what that... I've tried her in Harris, the other things that are in. I think the very first time I used and with Agatha, kept it pure. Not like it really matters for three man. It was like it tried. It desperately was trying. I would. I just don't think it's really, which isn't its fault necessarily. I really need to try it against. What kind of faction is a bunch of men six? I, I didn't get the joke. Can you explain <laughs> it again? What happens with the model? Okay, so I really like the Pentium. Give it a shot. If you get one, maybe you'll have better luck than I did. I The last profile that we will be talking about, this is another new model from the... There's another one coming in Alpha Box that's coming out, Nomad Alpha. The Orphans of the Observance did have a lore. For some reason, this is literally how the profile thing started. It acts like... So if this doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, it starts with, as a result, many of the... These hospice wards became tactical the observance, and they are called the orphans to honor and remember they came from. Used to support the moderator core around the ship, to the ship between the module. I'm assuming there was a paragraph in front of that on the website, and they must have accidentally got rid of it. What it sounds like is that orphans are probably either survivors or may off-cast that died. On- and then they join the church and rip the orphans. Now, orphans, medium infantry. BS-12, Fizz-11, Whip-13, Armor-1, Silhouette-3. I adore this model. I absolutely love Orphans. Orphans and Initiate, probably some of my... You get a... You get the option between just a regular orphan with meh, whatever. You get an engineer or a engineer repeater that also has EM mine. And D- that profile is a super tempting need a good engine because she's very easy to moderator or a observance. Now, I've saved the best for lastly. There is a MSV marksman rifle profile. I adore this profile. It is very different without it. There are only two models in Nomads that have MSV, period. And one of them is be- only. I don't remember if this is access. People have access. Now, to have an MSV model also have min th- and for it to be less than 30 points, yowza, that's real good. This is a smoke trick, just nasty. If you throw smoke, they can shoot through it. If they only have MSV1, they're shooting back at minus nine. It's disgusting. Disgusting. And a multi-marksman rifle has the same range band. Spitfire, less damage, but it's a multi, so you're going to have eight. It's, just, it's, it's straight up gross. You will see. Make sure you are ready. I mean, 
I think you said a lot of the things. Having MSV is just, you always have to look at that profile really seriously, unless your like, army just has tons of access to it. And I didn't hear you say MSV very often earlier, if, if at all. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. The Availability 3 is like, oh, maybe maybe can I get a fourth in here somewhere? But, you know, like you said, fire teaming it up can solve a lot of the problems that you need. You know, it can be a- offensive and a great defensive piece. It seems like a model where you should get it, you know, have it in your collection because you're probably going to put it in your lists. Thankfully, this this will get like that, which I'm a big fan. I What I usually do with her is I love my moderator, just the five man. with a, What I tend to do is I have the orphan so that if the missile launcher Riker goes down or if I just decide to go on the, if the team, throw her a nasty old profile. I don't really want to deal with that, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. No, not many do. Let's just say this model is specifically designed to make Noth. I, I have taken down a couple Noth trick. It works super well. If you have an opponent who has some kind of AROP doesn't have sense from like a four man. This piece can just run ramp inside. BS12 can make you a little sad sometimes. It's fine. You're probably always going to be not firing the way down. I have had a lot of luck with it. I feel like I've done enough in the praises. Of- Love the profile. MSV is great. There is MSV2 in Bakunin because you get it on the Riot Girl, but the Riot Girls are not part of the Riot Girl. You will also a plenty if you go up again. Ladies and gentlemen, lady and gentlemen, that's it. We just talked about all the profiles that are observed related. If I've forgotten one, I'm, I apologize. I have played all these models. I love Bak- Bakunin. It is a favorite. It really always has been. One of these days, we should probably talk about self. There's so much sway with it. In the lore, Bakunin has this weird obsession with cats, which is strange because Corregidor are the ones that have the cat models. But in Bakunin, apparently somebody thought that they could sell in a weird way. I think it's like a Hemingway cat, kind of like an where they brought they brought a bunch of cats onto the ship because of the Praxis or escaped or they didn't want them anymore. So they broke out and now the ship is fested. So cats are this weird like cultural icon of the ship so like if you're making a deal with somebody and a cat waltzes in deal has to stop you're not allowed to talk about it anymore it's over you either talk about it later or the deal weird just like weird little things like that that is the stuff i love infinity for the lore is great one thing i will say is that if you play the rpg you can play as the observance you can play as either a moira a healer there's either option and then a lot of the other ones you could probably wiggle into the other model profiles but obviously they don't have all the new new box but some of them don't have models. So if you really like the observance and you really like RPG, it's very easy to slot them in. I'm pretty sure a lot of those profiles are at core book. And I don't think any of the events profiles are hidden be supplement. If you're really digging it and you want to kind of explain your own personal way, I definitely recommend. Did you learn anything, Brady? I did. One of the things I really like about the, you, you kind of mentioned the, briefly, but the thing I like about the Infinity lore, again, I compare these a lot to Sisters of Battle visually, but the Infinity lore is very grounded is like not the right word, but it's the only word that's coming to mind right now. The lore is very grounded, at least compared to 40k. It's a very grounded lore. I love that the the ideas of like Greek mythology keep coming back up. You see that you you see it mirrored in Aleph with all, you know, their their heroes coming through. And I really like that it's especially the observance, especially Aleph is not just the enemy because it's taking their freedom and privacy, all these things. It's like, no. This is the devil. This is, you know, we we can never compromise. This is not a, uh, like, you know, for many nomads, it'd be, well, don't take my freedom with this AI state. It's, 
no, we have created the devil. We must fight against the literal personification of the devil. Uh, and I really, really like that. And that's one of those ones where if you are a tr- if you come from like 40k and you like that sister of battle aesthetic and you may be like, oh, maybe I'll give Observance a try. I would start looking into that lore because there's a lot of depth there that I think can get really interesting and you can really get that crunchy. It has a whole RPG system for a reason. The own like the only complaint I'll, uh, I guess I'll make about the infinity and like, you know, cry, please, Corvus Belly, please. 40k hides their rules and you have to buy their rules, which is like weird for a game perspective. But they're like, here's all our lore basically for free. You know, you can spend hours and hours and hours just and I've done it going through wiki holes for, for 40k lore and getting ready for you know today I am like actively trying to find the lore for some of these things it's like why are you making it so hard Corvus Belly your lore is so good why do I have to buy dig through all these books that are like kind of scattered around I don't really know where all your lore is it's really difficult to find your your human sphere site is really good but it's not I know it's not everything I know explicitly you only gave me the little like bits little 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 tastes it's like no i want i want more and hopefully we'll keep giving you more and we'll keep you know doing those digs for you this is you know hitting an area of the lore that i've never touched before it's just so exciting it's like wow this whole area that i didn't know exists is so cool and i kind of wrote it off to be perfectly honest a little bit because it's like okay i've seen such as a battle and it's like no it has a lot more of a nuanced take of that kind of nuns with guns aesthetic and an idea. Um, if you if you are coming from another game system, I'd really give them a try with don't have the blinders on that I did. So I'm really glad I got to cut this conversation with you today about it. One thing that, that makes them is that the nun with gun concept can have different facets, right? So if you look at it from the K perspective, I get a blind faith because that's what we're raised. Everything has to die because kind of... While in Infinity, these ladies are literally on a mission from god or at least they think so they come into it they weren't raised they weren't raised well i'm sure but they weren't born in a test tube came out and then trained from the moment they could open their eyes to be a killing machine these are all people that willing the males specifically willing and also torture willingly (laughs) just to kind of get that across they're all these are these are all so it's kind of an interesting aspect to look at that these people joined this church because actually were not in the nomad. I, you know, the ideology will, I'm sure permeate, but these people went out of their way or these ladies went out of their way to say, no, a up and they're doing it. Not because their doc, their dogma specifically says, Oh, it has to die. Their dogma is it has to die because other it's going to hurt other people. And they're specifically thinking, Hey, this needs to go away because humanity's, they don't do it because, oh, the emperor told me. They do it because if we don't do it, no one else. Will. And that is such a super cool thing. But what do you guys think out there? Hey, send us messages, email me and all that stuff. I absolutely love the observance. I'm, I'm really hoping that came across this podcast. All of the lore episodes hopefully are going to be like this. We'll put for the next one, obviously. Maybe a little bit more alien. I'm sure I can rant and rave about the aliens. My people. I'm sure I'm going to be grossed out. So, Brady, I think we did it. I think we talked about a space blood cult on a spaceship where it's okay to space blood cult stuff. I, I, I'll give myself, I'll give my, you know what? I'll go on a podcast uh, player and I will give myself five out of five stars. And you know what other people can do? They could do that too, right? No, no way, dude. That'd be, oh, that's rad. <laughs> Listen, guys, I know it sounds kind of corny. It sounds like selling, but we actually really do need the five star. Everyone I've talked to really, really loves the show. I really haven't actually had anybody say anything negative about it. Apparently, they really dig the enthusiasm that comes out of me and you. So, hey, 
Let's give them more of it. If we have more five-star reviews and people putting in comments, stuff like that, we will become more popular. We are more incentivized. We have the ability to at all do more episodes. I did the first bonus episode actually was recorded not that long ago. It'll probably pop up pretty soon. I love infinity. I really hope that comes across every single time you give me a five, give us a five-star review. We can do more. I'm writing a, my first actual blog, which hopefully should in the blog here for that. Go to PCN, like the stuff, get involved with the community, get in the discord. We have an Arachne channel. We love talking about it. We love you guys. Show us your love back. Give us those five stars. And if you truly believe it, give us that one star as well. Um, but, you know, share it, talk about it, tell us how to improve. We're always open for feedback. Where can you be reached, Dr. D? You can find me, Dr. D, on Discord as dr.d at 4-3 Fury Painting. Where can they find you? You can also reach me on Discord, uh, Brady T. 8774. You also can catch me talking on Danger Planet, and you can catch me at Iron Weld two weekends from now, I guess would be the way I'd phrase it. Uh, I think you'll be there as well, but you won't be there for Infinity, unfortunately. Uh, but you'll be catching me around playing and running tournaments over the next couple months. If you go there for Infinity, I'll probably be around. Make sure you come over, say hi, give me a high five, tell me how much you love Bach. So, you know, it's fun. As a, as a quick aside before we wrap up, I've seen Danger Planet popping up on the, and I'm like, oh, look at that, my boy Brady. So congratulations, buddy. I, I, I jumped into Infinity, you know, not not feet first. I jumped in head first, got a spinal injury, whole nine yards, don't dive, don't dive in your pool head first. I know it's summertime, don't do that, but it's, I, I am just loving this game system so much, and so that's why you're seeing me just everywhere talking about it. Well, if you ask nicely, I'll take some nails and I'll ram them. In. So, hey, thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping out there and don't let it lift. It's never too late to embrace the involved intelligence. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the power phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual. <laughs>